North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, and I'm a naturopathic doctor practicing here in San Diego, California. Thanks so much for joining me. If you missed last week's show, it was a fabulous show we had with Dr. John Neustadt. We were discussing uh, osteoporosis and how to prevent and treat it naturally. He was uh, filling me in on this product that he's developed called OsteoK. Pretty impressive stuff. It's been shown to actually increase bone strength by 89%. So uh, pretty impressive um, research they have with that. Um, so I, I want to uh, drop some announcements on you before uh, I introduce the guest for tonight. We have a fabulous show tonight, by the way. I was really looking forward to this for the past few weeks, so I'm really, really excited that we have this guest tonight. Uh, next week's show, though, I'd like you to mark your calendar. Dr. Lise Alshuler will finally be on the show. We'll be discussing uh, natural treatments for cancer. Um, she's just a fabulous speaker and a very respected woman in, in the field of natural medicine. So it'll be a great show to check out. Spread the word. Very important topic. Um, the, actually, I'm sorry. I want to clarify. Next week I will be off. I will be uh, at a uh, medical conference. So that's two weeks from tonight. I'll have Lise Alshuler on the show. Um, Don't want any confusion. So two weeks, that's on April 12th. Dr. Lise Alshuler, same time, same place, uh, cancer treatments naturally. So check that out. The week after that, I'm hoping to get Dr. Thomas O'Brien on the show. I just spoke with him today and he was all about it. So just a matter of uh, just you know, ironing out the details of timing, but um, he's a fabulous doctor who focuses um, on gluten sensitivity, and he's just pretty much the top researcher in the world when it comes to gluten sensitivity, so it'd be great to have him on. And then the following week, I'm really excited to have uh, uh, Julia Roth on the show. We'll be um, talking about uh, how your diet affects your mental, emotional outlook. So great topic. Julia Ross, the author of The Mood Cure and The Diet Cure, fantastic show that will be as well. Tonight's topic is really important. This is something that I don't care if you live in a tree house in the forest. You are influenced by environmental toxins. You can live in Antarctica and you're going to be affected by this. So this is important for everybody to tune into. Um, you know, we hear about how to detoxify and, you know, all these toxins in your environment and stuff. And so it'll be really great to have this expert on the show tonight to get it from the source. What's the best way to detoxify? What are the top toxins that we're actually affected by every single day? Um, and this is Dr. Marianne Marchese. She's on the show tonight. Um, just to give you a little bit of her bio, Dr. Marchese is a clinician, an author, and an educator. She graduated from Creighton University in 1990 with a BS in occupational therapy and specialized in neurological and orthopedic conditions. She then went and received her doctorate of naturopathic medicine from the same school that I went to, National College of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon, and then she completed a two-year postgraduate residency in internal, or excuse me, integrative medicine and women's health, and completed a six-month postgraduate training in environmental medicine. Since then, she's been in private practice, she's been a professor, and currently teaches gynecology at Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine in Arizona. She's frequently interviewed by local news and radio stations for her expertise in environmental medicine and women's health. She has numerous articles in journals and magazines, including Better Nutrition, Townsend Letter, where she has a bi-monthly column on environmental medicine, 
and many more. And she is a widely respected speaker and has presented at several conferences that I've attended, and I've always really enjoyed listening to her. Uh, Dr. Marchese is also very active in legislation, where she has served in state associations of both California and Arizona. And in Arizona, she's actually the, va the uh, past vice president for the association for the naturopathic medicine there. And she was named a top doctor in Phoenix Magazine in 2010, which is a, an award that's chosen by her peers for her exceptional work. So it's a big honor to get that award. Uh, Dr. Marchese is the author of a new book coming out. It's going to be released next month called Eight Weeks to Women's Wellness. It's a detoxification plan for breast cancer, endometriosis, infertility, and other women's health conditions. And that's available for purchase at eightweekstowomenswellness.com. We'll be talking a lot more about that book tonight. So I will go ahead and bring our guest on the air. Dr. Marchese, are you there? I am. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Is my um, is, is am I a little fuzzy? Or is no, it I can hear you clear. Okay, perfectly. It's just a little bit of a weird sound on my end, but good. Okay, great. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. It's great to have you. How was your day today? Oh, it was fabulous. Awesome. Is it nice? Are you in Arizona right now? I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and the weather is just stellar today. It was sunny and 72, and no humidity, and not too hot, and it was perfect weather. I call I it complain. San Diego weather, which you have all I know. year round. <laughs> yep, it's San Diego weather today for sure down here. I was down at the beach today and got a look at the ocean. I'm like, oh, I love being here. It's <laughs> a good life. So I wanted to ask you a little bit, um, what's your journey been like? How how did you decide this focus um, for your career that you've chosen? Well, I think the focus actually found me. When I was a student at Naturopathic Medical School and a student clinician, um, a patient came to the clinic who reported having symptoms whenever she walked down the detergent aisle of the grocery store. And the physician, the supervising physician at that time, he immediately recognized her condition as something called multiple chemical sensitivity, where she would get headaches and rashes on her body whenever she was exposed to very strong chemical odor. And this is the first time I had ever heard of this condition. I, I said to this doctor, what is multiple chemical sensitivity? And, and he explained the mechanism that certain people, when exposed to too many chemicals over time, the body just can't eliminate them from the body anymore, and they start to develop some type of symptom or illness or actual disease condition. And, and that was my first introduction to realizing that chemicals in the environment can affect human health. I had read books in the past about how they affect wildlife. Uh, you know, for example, that's why in the lower 48 states we don't have many bald eagles anymore as compared to Alaska, for example. And it has to do with a, a, a chemical called pesticides, uh, where pesticides were used in the lower 48 states and actually caused the um, shell of the uh, eagles' eggs to soften and they actually would crack. And that's how eagles sort of became uh, sparse or almost extinct in the lower 48. And so I knew that, you know, pesticides and chemicals could affect wildlife, but this is the first I had heard about it affecting humans. And off I went to learn more about environmental medicine and treat patients that had health conditions linked to chemicals. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I had um, I had the opportunity to work with a few patients at the teaching clinic at NCNM and uh, a lot of uh, multiple chemical sensitivity. How often are you seeing this? Um, I see a couple patients a month who have multiple chemical sensitivity because I would say that that's kind of the extreme um, example of how chemicals affect 
people's health. There's much more uh, common or what you'd call more mild examples such as thyroid disease. You know, hypothyroidism is almost epidemic in the United States. Um, and one of the main um, reasons people can develop hypothyroidism is due to chemical exposure in the environment. Interesting. We're going to be talking a lot about um, environmental medicine tonight. What exactly is environmental medicine for those who aren't familiar with that term? Well, environmental medicine is um, the study of disease and health and how it relates to exposure to chemicals in the environment. Originally, environmental medicine was kind of a subset of conventional or allopathic medicine that only looked at occupational exposure to chemicals. So, for example, people who uh, worked on a farm or on an, on an orchard and they sprayed pesticides all day long, or people who worked um, in a plant where they were exposed to a certain chemical all day long. So it was a very high-dose exposure. And we used to only look at people's occupational exposures to chemicals and how it was related to disease. However, environmental medicine now has progressed and has evolved to looking more at low-dose exposure, everyday exposure through food and water and air and products, and how those very low-dose exposures are actually linked to uh, health and disease. Mm-hmm. And how much are these low-dose exposures really linked? I mean, what, like in the research, what is... What's what's out there? How do, what do we know? The science is solid because uh, a lot of people question that. Um, for example, as I said originally, all the all the research in this area of study was on occupational exposures, and about 15 years ago, we started seeing research on low dose exposures. And now, I would say, you know, every day I open up my email browsers and and I have um, links to new research automatically coming to my email box. And every day I'm reading new research about low-dose exposure and how it affects human health. And so the science is, is solid. Like I said, the science first started looking at how chemicals affected wildlife. There's a very popular book uh, written by Rachel Carson called Silent Spring, uh, and that was probably the, the first uh, real look at how chemicals affected wildlife. And now we have evolved into uh, books being written on how chemicals affect human health. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for those listeners out there who are wondering, you know, what is possibly toxic in my home? You know, I mean, people try to try to do the most non-toxic things, but there's always those things that are lurking, you know? I mean, there's so many different exposures that we're exposed to every single day. So what are some of the top things that people are exposed to? Well, the top toxins... Um that some people might be familiar with and some people might not be familiar with would be, uh, I'd start with the heavy metals, such as mercury and lead and arsenic and cadmium. Those are the four big heavy metals uh, that would be considered uh, toxic to people's health. Other chemicals um, that have been in the news lately, so some people might be familiar with them, um, are bisphenol A and phthalates. And bisphenol A and phthalates were exposed to uh, through plastics because these chemicals have been added to plastic water bottles, plastic Tupperware, plastic cling wrap, uh, plastic lining on the inside of metal food cans. Um, And so those two chemicals are in the news lately, and so people are aware of those. Some other chemicals that we are exposed to every day are parabens. Uh, Parabens is a chemical that's actually in cosmetics. 
So it's in our shampoos, our conditioners, our body lotion. And the reason they're in there is because paraben is a chemical that keeps bacteria from growing in our cosmetics. So, you know, it has a good reason to be there. However, uh, it's directly linked to breast cancer and other conditions in women. So those would be some of the top uh, chemicals that, uh, you know, people might be familiar with. And then there's some smaller chemicals that they need to be aware of, such as formaldehyde. Because formaldehyde is a chemical that you can be exposed to through uh, furniture, upholstery at home, and carpeting. Uh, you know, anytime you install new carpet, it's probably emitting formaldehyde off the carpet and chairs and couches and upholstery. And so that would be another chemical to be aware of in the home. Okay, so you, you mentioned um, the the uh, metals. Where where are people exposed to those? Oh yes, so mercury. Let's let's uh, talk a little bit about mercury because I really want people to be aware of uh, exposure to mercury through fish. That is probably the single most common source of exposure is eating fish that has methylmercury in it. Um, and it's not the fish's fault <laughs> that they have mercury. I always, you know, kind of laugh when I say that. But uh, basically, industry, like coal-burning power plants, they send mercury up into the air, and it comes down in the rivers, lakes, and oceans. And then the fish are exposed to it, and the fish convert it to methylmercury, and then we eat the fish. Um, so some fish have higher levels of mercury than other fish, and in my book I give a list uh, of the fish that are high in mercury and fish that are low in mercury. But, for example, any of the large fish like tuna or swordfish, uh, which are large fatty fish, those would be very high in, in mercury, uh, whereas some of the smaller fish like sardines, they'd be very low in mercury. Uh, other fish that are low in mercury would be wild salmon, um, um, like Alaskan salmon or Pacific coast salmon uh, would be very low in mercury. So if you're going to eat fish, because there's a lot of good beneficial you know, effects from eating fish, the essential fatty acids are excellent, uh, we just want to make sure that people are eating the, the wild fish that are low in mercury. Okay. All right. And then what about um, lead and cadmium and um, oh, yeah. so arsenic, I think? Yeah, so arsenic, um, you know, arsenic's an interesting heavy metal because, uh, it, you know, unless you are living out in rural areas and using well water, arsenic isn't necessarily present in city water because uh, some people have the belief that their water can be full of arsenic, but that's typically only if you're on well water. And if uh, a listener out there has well water, it's really important that you get that water tested to find out if you have arsenic um, and pesticides in your well water. And then, of course, there's water filters you can put on that. Uh, but for people who are using city water, they might be um, exposed to arsenic through seafood, um, cigarette smoke, pesticides can have arsenic, and so can um, certain wood. And so decks or play gyms that are built out of uh, certain types of wood, uh, it's called CCA uh, wood, which is a pressurized treated wood, can have traces of arsenic in it. And then let's say you know, you're know uh, walking barefoot on your wood deck or you have a child who's barefoot playing on the wood play gym, they are being exposed through arsenic through uh, their palms and soles of their of their feet. Um, the other metal that you know I mentioned is lead. Uh, lead's an interesting metal because we think about oh you know lead in the 70s was present in paint and kids would eat the paint chips and they would be exposed to lead and and it's true lead now has been removed from paint um, so unless you're living in an older home you're probably not being exposed to lead from 
paint. So that's good news. You know, we've eliminated that source. Um, gasoline used to have lead in it. Uh, depending on how old people are who are listening to to this, uh, uh, you know, radio show, uh, you know, you might remember leaded gasoline. Uh, that also has been removed uh, from the environment, which is another great thing. Um, however, these older sources of exposure have still contaminated our, our environment. So lead is in our soil. So um, food that is grown in that contaminated soil, uh, we could be getting exposed to lead. And then lead could still be in our, our water for using old lead pipes. Um, and the interesting thing about lead is lead loves to be stored in the bone. And so when women age and they go into menopause and they start to lose a little bit of bone density, they can uh, re-expose themselves to lead by dumping that lead uh, from the bone back into the bloodstream. And so that's a common source of exposure as women age is they're just retoxifying themselves from the lead that was stored in the bone. Wow, further increasing their need to detoxify. That's, that's why I'm so excited for your book. It seems like it would be uh, just... Like you just really cover all of these things in depth, right? I, I, I do. You know, I, I have a whole little, it, yeah, I have a whole little section on osteoporosis uh, in the book because of the links of lead and also the other heavy metal I mentioned, cadmium, has a link to actually causing bone loss. Um, and so cadmium we're mostly exposed to by eating green leafy vegetables that are not organic that have been grown in contaminated soil or cadmium-contaminated fertilizer. And then a lot of shellfish has cadmium in it as well. And cadmium, you know, is a fairly toxic heavy metal. Uh, it loves to be stored in the kidney, and it's linked to a lot of kidney disease and kidney cancer. Mm -hmm. So are you a fan of shellfish? Do you recommend that patients can, can eat shellfish? Well, I'm not <laughs> because <laughs> of, uh, you know, some of the heavy metals that we worry about with the uh, cadmium and the arsenic. And also, you know, shellfish is kind of a bottom feeder, and so, right. you know, it is picking up and accumulating a lot of the, the chemicals that are in the ocean. Right. Okay. I'm always curious about that one. Um, for people listening to call in, the number is 818-495-6919. That's 818-495-6919. We have Dr. Marion Marchese. I want to take a caller right now. So a caller from the 619. Are you there? Caller, are you there? Hello. <laughs> I think we have this I person. Hello. Hi. Thanks for calling Hi. in. What's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Sacramento, California. Hello there. What's your name? My name is Chuck. Hi, Chuck. What's your question? Hi. My question is, um, am I carrying toxic chemicals in my body, and how do toxins uh, in the environment affect my male hormones? Um, so are you carrying toxic metal, you know, toxic chemicals in your body? Probably. And the reason I can say that with confidence is because of studies that have been done looking at um, the population of people in the United States, they're called body burden studies, and they measure uh, people's blood and urine and uh, look for different types of chemicals. So, for example, there's an organization called the Environmental Working Group, and they uh, did a small study on 55 adults, and they looked for 528 chemicals in the blood and urine of 55 adults. And these were just randomly picked adults. They weren't, you know, working in any type of industry where they had high 
high chemical exposure. What they found was all 55 participants had chemicals in their body, and of, of the 528 chemicals tested, 438 were found. <laughs> I mean, that's an astonishing number of chemicals just found in the average person's body. And like I said, these are called body burden studies, and um, you know, lots of organizations and even certain states like California and Washington um, and the Centers for Disease Control are doing body burden studies right now, and it is amazing the number of chemicals that are just floating around in people's bodies. So definitely you, you probably, just from living in the world, do have chemicals chemicals uh, stored in, in your body. And what was the second part of your question? Uh, the other part was how do the toxins in the environment affect my male hormones? Yes, so a lot of these chemicals are called hormone-disrupting chemicals because they can mimic um, testosterone, they can mimic estrogens and progesterones and other hormones as well. And what I mean mimic, they can um, bind to receptor sites and either block the action of your normal hormones or they can enhance the action of your normal hormones. So, for example, with phthalates and bisphenol A, we're seeing research on low-dose daily exposure of those chemicals that we get through plastics leading to prostate cancer or benign prostatic hyperplasia because of uh, these hormone-mimicking and testosterone-mimicking effects. Wow. Well, thank you very much. Yes, Do you have so any I think what's important, Chuck? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, that's my question. Yeah, yeah I Dr. think what's Martin, important, Chuck, is that maybe you know you see a physician who specializes in environmental medicine, and they can do some testing to see um, what chemicals you have floating around in your body and then help you detoxify from those chemicals. Okay. Perfect. Right. Thanks Thank for your call. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. That was a good um, <clears throat> tie-in to my next question, is that how can someone test for these toxins in their body? Well, there's different ways um, uh, a patient can go to their doctor and ask for testing. Again, I do recommend that they pick a doctor who has some experience um, with environmental testing because a lot of the standard labs uh, that do blood and urine testing for chemicals, their reference ranges are way too high because they're still looking for that occupational high-dose exposure. They're not looking for, you know, the average Joe Schmo who's just eating some food and drinking some water and, you know, using some body lotion who's exposed to chemicals. And there are some newer labs uh, that uh, have much more sensitive urine and blood tests and that are following uh, new guidelines set out by the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC. Um, the CDC has recently put out some new guidelines on the amount of pesticides, solvents, and heavy metals that are acceptable to be in our blood and urine. And those new guidelines are much, much tighter uh, than kind of some of the conventional labs. But there is just blood and urine testing available for lead, mercury, parabens, different pesticides, uh, solvents, formaldehyde, uh, phthalates. Uh, the only thing we really can't test for is bisphenol A and dioxins. But, but you know, we can test for about 90% of uh, chemicals that are floating around. Wow. That's pretty impressive. So there, are there any big panels that test for all of these things? Is it like individual panels? What's the best way to go about doing that? 
Well, the best way to go about doing it is to, uh, you know, sit down with a doctor and have them do an environmental exposure history. And during that history, uh, the doctor will try to figure out what uh, you may have been exposed to either recently that's linked to the current symptom or, or disease that you have, um, or maybe that you've been exposed to uh, throughout your lifetime, depending on how old you are, um, or maybe that you were exposed to in utero, in the womb. You know, it's interesting. They're, they're looking at studies of newborn babies and testing the umbilical cord blood, and they're looking for different chemicals in the umbilical cord blood. Um, you know, for example, in November of 2009, there was a study published on uh, 10 newborn babies' umbilical cord blood, um, and they just randomly selected and, and looked for different chemicals, and they found 232 chemicals in the umbilical cord blood of 10 newborn babies. That's crazy. And so, I know. Isn't that amazing? So, so you know, we're being born with a high body burden, um, the, you know, this sort of new generation of, of, of you know, uh, children. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. you know, getting a really good exposure history to try to figure out, well, what chemicals need to be tested for. And then, yes, there's panels available. And the panels are much more cost-effective and easier to do than individual uh, chemicals. Wow, that's amazing, those, those babies being born right into that toxic environment. I know, I know, and that's why I think any woman who is thinking about getting pregnant, she might want to think about detoxifying and decreasing her body burden because right. most of these chemicals are easily um, passed through the placental barrier and meaning that mom can give her chemicals to baby before the baby's even born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recommend to my patients detoxifying at least three months before you even think about getting pregnant. What do you typically recommend? That's excellent. That's great yeah. advice. Great advice. Yeah. Yeah. I have another caller here on the switchboard. I'm going to go ahead and take this here. This is uh, from the 303. Caller, are you there? I'm here. Hi. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Kim, and I'm from Boulder, Colorado. Hi, Kim. What's your question for Dr. Marchese? Um, hi. I um, I suffer from seizures. I, I have just low-grade seizures. Um, I had them about two years ago, and it, they started happening after I was on, um, can I say a brand name of of a medication? Yeah, 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 go for it. Okay, I was I was on Effexor. Um, it's a it's for just like a mood stabilizer, mm-hmm. um, for depression. And after I came off of that, I started getting seizure-like activity. Um, and I'm off of it now, but I noticed that sometimes I'll be at different in different environments, and I notice and I start to get the seizures again. I um, I get you know tingles everywhere, and I have a metallic taste in my mouth, and I get confused. Um, and it happens. It's weird that you said that at the beginning about the grocery store because it happens a lot in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm in, a, you know, different aisles in the grocery store, I notice that I'll start to get those symptoms again, and mm-hmm. also in my car. Hmm. Is your car it, now? It happens, yeah. No, it's it's old. It's a used car. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not completely sure about the link between the effects here and and the seizures and how that sort of uh, 
because that you said that was the first time that you ever had seizures was uh, being on effects and then coming off. But I definitely have seen in a number of patients seizures being induced by different chemical exposures, and it doesn't have to be high dose chemical exposures. It's typically the volatile okay. organic compounds, uh, which are the solvents. Uh, pesticides have been known to, especially the insecticides, have been known to uh, induce seizures, as well as some heavy metals. Um, and the fact that now you're having, um, you know, what I consider chemical sensitivity, where you smell certain odors of chemicals and you start to get some symptoms, makes me think that your body has reached that, that threshold of not being able to break down and metabolize chemicals through the liver. Um, and either your neurological system, you know, uh, and maybe even your immune system have been disrupted to the point where, uh, you know, now you're you're getting some symptoms from these exposures. And so you'd be the perfect candidate to sit down with somebody, do an environmental exposure history, try to figure out uh, what your exposures have been, you know, see see if there's anything floating around in your blood and your urine, what your body burden is, and then definitely try to detoxify these chemicals. And the goal would be to decrease your incidence of seizures. Right. Um, so what are so you're saying, you know, before I, I start avoiding things just to get to get a history with a doctor, get a Yeah, doctor? avoidance is avoidance is definitely important. Um, you know, and I always educate everybody on how to avoid exposures to chemicals because, um, you know, you don't want to detoxify and then go right back to uh, kind of your everyday life and then re-expose yourself. And so definitely starting a program of avoiding chemicals in the environment. But it sounds like, you know, you already have kind of tipped over that threshold and now you're having the symptoms of seizures. And so educating yourself on avoidance as well as trying to uh, remove from your body what chemicals you've already been exposed to, would both, the combination of the two is what would probably benefit you the most. Okay. All right, well, I'll take that. I also have an, another question. It's just kind sure, of a random part. question. Those. Um, okay. so you know those things that you can buy at um, any vitamin store that you can, that you put on your feet at night, and they're supposed to reduce um, heavy metals. Yes, I do. You know I know about those. About? I do. do I know work? about those. I do. No, they don't. And <laughs> and I'm going to give you my website. It's drmarchese.com. And there is a okay. Fox News interview I did with a reporter from a local Phoenix Fox station because she called me up and asked me about these detox foot pads because they're very wildly popular. Um, right. And she came and interviewed me, and I told her my opinion about them and some research about them. And then I said to her, I said, you want to know why they turn brown? And she said, well, the company says because it's pulling metals out of your body. I said, no, because your right. feet are perspiring at night because it says on the box to wear them at night, and it's the moisture is making them turn brown. And she goes, how can you prove that, Dr. Marchese? I said, I want you to take that foot pad and pour some water on it and watch it turn brown. And she did it on air, and they, Fox News did a whole report about it. And so I have that clip of that uh, TV okay. interview on my website. So those do not pull metals out of your body. Wow, Okay. Yeah, well, so save your that. money. Don't do that. Save your money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wonderful. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. All right, time. thanks, Kim. Yeah, sure. thanks for the okay, question. Bye. <laughs> bye. Interesting. I was always kind of wondering about those, like those foot baths that people put their feet in and then the, the water gets all dark. Is that, is that yeah, the same so, thing or is that something different? 
uh, so she's talking about something different. She's talking about the little pads. They sell them at all the stores, uh, all the you know regular stores. Uh, she's talking about the foot pads that you uh, put on your feet and go to bed, and while you sleep at night, they're supposed to draw toxins out through your feet, and the reason you know they drew out toxins is because the pad has turned a brown, a dark color, and, and those really are not pulling heavy metals. The only way to pull a heavy metal out of your body is by using a pharmaceutical chelator. Chelate means to bind. Heavy metals are tightly bound in the human body. They're bound in adipose tissue, which is fat. <laughs> they're bound in uh, organs, um, and they're bound in extracellular spaces. And the only way to get heavy metals truly uh, eliminated from your body is to give a chelator, which binds that metal, pulls it back into the blood, you re-metabolize it through the liver, and then you eliminate it uh, you know, through the kidney, through urination, or through the bowel by having a bowel movement. Got it. All right. That's a, also another good segue into my next question. So in your book, you have an eight-week detoxification plan. So yes. what is actually involved? What's a woman to do or a man to do to safely detoxify and effectively detoxify? Well, there's a couple of different processes. There's a, a nutritional detox diet piece. Uh, there's some supplementation to help support the liver to break down chemicals. And then there's um, some uh, pieces about how to get your body to release the chemicals back into the bloodstream. Uh, several of the methods I describe in the book to release chemicals and get them back into the bloodstream is using sauna therapy. And a lot of people have access to a sauna at, at their gym, for example. You know, the dry sauna with the little wood benches. Um, um, there's a, I do describe a type of hydrotherapy that, as you know, Dr. Lowe, that we learn in naturopathic medical school called constitutional hydrotherapy, mm -hmm. uh, which it. can help release uh, stored chemicals from the body. Uh, I do mention chelation as a way to release chemicals that are stored in the body. And also, by decreasing the amount of calories you eat each day just by about 100 to 200 calories, um, by having slight caloric restriction, your body will start to mobilize your fat stores and that will release chemicals back into your body. But once you release them back into the bloodstream, you've got to make sure they get processed through the liver. And that is where some supplementation um, and some foods are involved. Uh, so, for example, uh, there are uh, a group of vegetables called the cruciferous family vegetables, and hopefully people out there like cruciferous vegetables. So it's broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, and kale. And those vegetables actually help liver metabolism and help break down certain products in the body. Um, there's um, some other foods out there such as green tea, what's well, more of a drink, uh, pomegranate juice, which is an excellent food, ground flax seeds I include in the detox diet, um, as well as eliminating foods that are sources of exposures of chemicals like the fish high in mercury that I mentioned. And then the supplementation is really important because um, your liver has to have little vitamins and minerals and amino acids to make sure that the enzymes in the liver can break down um, these toxins. So they break them down so you can excrete them and eliminate them from the body. Um, there are some herbs that we use. Uh, a lot of these herbs people are familiar with, like milk thistle, um, burdock root. You know, people have, have heard of some of those herbs, uh, which are really great liver herbs. And so getting those liver uh, herbs in the form of a supplement uh, is also really beneficial for liver, liver metabolism. 
Um, and so that's, you know, part of the detoxification plan that I describe in the book. And the reason, you know, the reason it's eight weeks is because I really found that it takes eight weeks for people to really start to make those healthy changes in their life, to, you know, avoid exposures to chemicals, change their diet, um, you know, start to do some of the sauna therapies and other forms of releasing chemicals and and taking the supplements. And hopefully by the end of the eight weeks, um, you know, this wasn't just a fad type of detoxification plan that they did, that this actually becomes kind of a permanent part of their life in terms of living a chemical-free life. Got it. Love it. I love that. I'm definitely going to be checking out the book. I can't wait to get it, get my hands on a copy. Um, I have so many callers on the phone lines here. I have another one here from the 303. Go ahead and bring this caller on the line. Caller, are you there? I am. Great. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Stephen from uh, Longmont, Colorado. Hello there. What's your question for Dr. Marchese? Well, I was I was diagnosed a few years ago with um, a condition, a throat condition, uh, uh, laryngeal uh, amyloidosis, and they actually don't have a clue what causes it and whatnot. And I thought maybe it was some environmental thing, something uh, you know that I some type of uh, product that I'm using or something like that that is affecting this. And I don't know whether it's true or not, but. Uh, if so, I'd like to be able to stop using the product so that uh, my voice uh, can be restored back and I don't have this protein deposits building up in my throat. Right. Yes, gosh. You know, so that that is kind of an uncommon, rare condition, which is why I'm sure your physician uh, told you they're not really sure exactly what the, exactly. the cause is. And, you know, well, a lot you told of me that there were about probably 25 people in the entire country that have it. Right, right. That's a, yeah, it's very rare. Um, and a lot of times, even with common conditions, there's never just one cause, um, you okay. know, because a lot of conditions are multifactorial. However, um, you know, there does, with that condition, there does seem to be an, an immune uh, process, an immunological process that's going on. A lot of chemicals in the environment do disrupt the immune system, and we do see them actually change immune factors in the body and can actually lead to, for example, autoimmune uh, conditions. Um, in, I just am going to be publishing an article about the autoimmune and immune links to environmental, uh, you know, and environmental links in the next issue of the Townsend Letter. But um, you know, it's definitely worthwhile for you to sit down with somebody and kind of go through. Okay, what chemicals? Have you been exposed to in your lifetime? Are any of those chemicals still circulating in your body, maybe just doing some blood and urine test? And then that doctor would look to see how are those chemicals linked to changing the immune system. And, um, you know, even just a slight change in the immune system, could that be one of, it might not be the single cause of your condition, but could that be one of the contributing causes to your condition? I definitely think it's worth while, you know, going down that road and, and, and looking at it. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. And what? Uh, who should I contact for something like that? Um, well, um, I would recommend seeing a naturopathic physician. There are several okay. in Colorado. You can go to naturopathic.org. And okay. at the website naturopathic.org, you can search for the physicians uh, in 
Colorado because you're kind of in the Boulder area, right? Yes, right. Yeah, and so there's several naturopathic physicians in that in that area, and and I would start at naturopathic.org. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. I appreciate you're it. You're welcome. Have a good evening. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks. Thanks for your questions. Bye bye. You bet. Bye bye. Yeah, it seems like one of those conditions. It's like you gotta you gotta look under every stone, right? Yes, you know, with those rare conditions, a lot of times people don't think about the environmental link. Um, you know, like I said, you know, when people come to see me, let's say for thyroid disease and for a naturopathic approach to thyroid disease, I don't necessarily immediately jump to is there an environmental link. But it's always something in the back of my mind that I do, um, you know, consider with all of my patients and, and every condition because as more and more research is being done, we're seeing that conditions are linked to chemicals. What conditions would you say are not linked to chemicals? I mean, don't you feel like it's just kind of everything has a possible toxin link? Well, it's true. You could get a little carried away. And I always I always yeah. say this when I lecture to physicians and to the public that we can't become paranoid about our environment right. um, because we have to live in our environment. <laughs> and what we do is we educate ourselves on how we're exposed to chemicals and we learn how to avoid them. And we cleanse, you know, we detoxify maybe once or twice a year. We do this eight-week plan at least once a year. And then what we do is we think about the bigger picture. Like I mentioned earlier, it's not the fish's fault they have mercury. It's industry polluting the rivers, lakes, and oceans. And then we need to all become activists, not just uh, for our personal health, but for the fish's health and for and for each other's health and and you know uh, telling legislators they need to regulate industry and stop polluting our environment. Right. Absolutely. It's like yeah, we can detoxify all day long, but how about actually getting to the root cause of this right. and actually That's changing correct. things? Yeah, so we're that not is continuing correct. to just totally thrash this planet. Um I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, talking about cosmetics, because I'm just curious for myself that a lot of cosmetics have parabens in them. What are some cosmetics that you like that you re- recommend for patients or even some um, resources to find safer cosmetics or, you know, lotions and all of that stuff? Yeah, so um, the paraben concern has become uh, kind of mainstream. So many companies are now pulling voluntarily pulling parabens out of their products. Uh, for example, Burt's Bees doesn't have parabens in their lotions. Um, uh, I just recently learned that Aveda is pulling parabens out of their face lotions and products and shampoos. And, and what they're using is a different type of antibacterial uh, uh, agent. So, because you don't want bacteria growing <laughs> in those cosmetics and those lotions, that's for sure. Um, so, there's a really good website, a really good resource called Environmental Working Group, ewg.org, and they have a cosmetic database where you can enter in your type and brand and color of, let's say, mascara or eyeshadow or foundation, and it will tell you on kind of a toxicity scale how bad is it, how good is it, and then, of course, you can use that cosmetic database to find the brands that are the least toxic, and I highly recommend using that. Hmm, that's great. I love the Environmental Working Group. They, they, they're they the same uh, organization that did the uh, the body burden study, correct? Yes. They yeah. do several body burden studies, and also on their website they have a list of, uh, you know, fish that are high and low in pesticides. Awesome. 
I'm typing away right now of my own notes. <laughs> um, so, I, so you have your book coming out next month. How can people um, pre-order that? Right. Well, the book will actually be out in two weeks, um, awesome. but you can you can pre-order it now, and you'll get the book in the mail uh, in about two weeks at eightweekstowomanswellness.com. Uh, when I mean by it'll be out in two weeks, meaning that's when it will be, you know, in bookstores and Amazon and whatnot. But you can you can go to the website eight weeks to womenswellness dot com and and pre-order the book, and you'll have the book before anybody else. Great, I'm gonna get that today for sure. Now you have more than just a book, right? You have three products that you've developed. Um, can you tell us a little bit about those? Yes, so I developed three products to go with the eight-week detoxification plan. And the reason I developed the products myself um, was to make them readily available to people, uh, and they will be sold at the eightweekstowellness.com website. And the first product is called Detox Cofactors. And Detox Cofactors provides all the vitamins and minerals that are required for the liver's enzymes to start to break down these chemicals. Uh, the second product is called HEPA Cleanse. HEPA, H-E-P-A, means liver. And so um, this is a herbal product. Um, and these are the herbs that a lot of people have heard of, the milk thistle, the dandelion, the burdock. Um, and all of these herbs are important liver herbs for liver function and detoxification. The third product is called Estro Relief, E-S-T-R-O, for estrogen, short for estrogen relief. And the reason I um, made this product is because many of the chemicals are estrogen-mimicking chemicals. Most of the conditions I talk about in the book are influencing a woman's hormones, such as breast cancer, infertility, endometriosis, fibroids, polycystic ovarian syndrome, thyroid, osteoporosis, just to name a few of the conditions I talk about in the book. And so Estro Relief is specifically designed to help the liver break down estrogens and estrogen-mimicking chemicals. So the three products go together with the diet piece, um, you know, and the, the cleansing piece of the eight-week plan. I love it. I love it. There's so many just detoxification programs out there. It's just like daunting, you know. It's like which one works? I get asked all the time. What about liver flushes and gallbladder flushes? And I'm sure you get asked, asked these all the time as well. <laughs> I what do. do. What's your what thoughts the... on on the master cleanse? I'm just curious what your what yeah. your opinion is on. Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked because I have an opinion about it. <laughs> and the mm -hmm. and the reason I don't like it is because it is a fast. It is complete caloric restriction. And I talk about this in my book, and I list the studies and the evidence showing that when you limit calories to such an extreme where you do a fast or this very popular HCG diet where people only eat 500 calories a day, for example, and that is also extreme caloric restriction, when you do that, we know from studies that the blood levels of chemicals rise because you are mobilizing fat, which is why a lot of people do these cleanses and diets because they want to lose weight. And when you mobilize fat, you, you dump all these stored chemicals back into the blood, and it works. Studies show that the blood levels go up. However, the urine metabolites do not go up. So you're dumping these chemicals back into the blood, but you're not eliminating them from the body because you're not doing any additional support to break them down through the liver and um, get them out through the bowel and the kidney. And I talk about that in detail in my book, which is why I'm not a fan of the fasts 
and the caloric restrictions. Okay, got it. I'm glad I got it from the source. I was curious about that one. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I want to ask. I want to take one more caller before I let you go. This is from the nine one nine area code. Uh, caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Great. What's your name? Where are you calling for from? Taking my call. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was actually calling because I was wondering if you had any advice for me. I'm a mother of a seven year old, and I was just trying to find out if you had any ideas about what I could do to keep her sheltered from environmental toxins. Absolutely. I think the first things, and I'm glad you asked this question, I'll kind of give you like the top seven things to do. The first things is to kind of what I call detoxify your diet. So eat only organic fruits and vegetables because some fruits and vegetables have pesticide residue. The second thing would be to get rid of all the plastics in your home, plastic um, storage containers, you know, like those Tupperware-type containers, plastic cling wrap, and try to avoid buying condiments in plastic, you know, your ketchups and your mustard. If you look, you can buy those in glass containers. People are just used to getting them in plastic these days. And then not using plastic um, beverage bottles. I say beverage bottles because it's more than just water bottles. Even, you know, other drinks that come in plastic bottles are also leaching out chemicals. Um, The next easy thing to do would be to make sure you get your water at home tested that there's no heavy metals or pesticides in your water and use um, a water filter at home, Um, you know, a simple carbon filter at home. Uh, A lot of people use a reverse osmosis filter at their kitchen sink um, or, you know, filtering uh, all the water that comes into your home with something called a whole house water filter where um, you would put the water filter kind of at the main line where the water goes into your home. Um, The next thing would be to, you know, change your cleaning products that you use at home because the cleaning products that you use, the detergents, the soaps, the, uh, you know, the shower cleaner, the toilet cleaner, all of that contains, conventional cleaners contain these volatile organic compounds which are contributing to your indoor air pollution. So using non-toxic cleaning products is going to create healthy air uh, for your 7-year-old to breathe. Um, And those would be some of the, you know, kind of beginning things to do in your home is to give your 7-year-old clean food, clean water, and clean air. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Great. Thanks for your question. Thank you. That was awesome. I almost forgot what just asking, like, the top ways to reduce exposure. I'm really glad she asked that question. It's kind of like an obvious no-brainer question, and I almost forgot to ask you. So I'm really glad right, that we yeah. touched on that. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, and, there, and there's much more in-depth ways to avoid exposures, and I do go much more into depth, uh, you know, in the in the book. But I think what I just told her is kind of the top five things you can do at home. Right, right. And did you mention the Dirty Dozen? Because if not, I wanted to mention that. I can't remember if you... Yeah, so the Dirty Dozen, you know, I've got that listed uh, as well, and that's the fruits and vegetables, uh, conventional fruits and vegetables that are the highest in pesticides. Mm-hmm. And people can get that in your book, right? Yes, because not all fruits and vegetables have to be organic because some of the conventional fruits and vegetables are very low in pesticide uh, residue, like cantaloupe, for example, because it's got a really hard outer uh, you know, skin on it, and, and we don't eat the skin. We eat the inside of the cantaloupe. Yeah, 
Yeah, and so for those listeners out there not wanting to break their bank, you know, and they want yeah. to eat healthier and, you know, reduce their exposures to toxins, it's a nice way to kind of streamline, okay, these are the ones that I can't buy conventionally grown. I have to get these ones organic. And I think they say in the Environmental Working Group that it reduces your exposure by like 90% or something just eating yeah, those 12 organic. Yeah, right. very effective. Awesome. Let's see. I want to see if there's any other questions I had for you before I let you go. I know we're kind of running over time here. Mm, 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 mm. You mentioned the water filter that you like. Um, what's a specific water filter you like? Because there's so many out there. Um, well, I I like the water filters that are NSF certified. And you okay. can go to um, NS, uh, NSF. What does it stand for? Hang on. It's it's NSF.org. Mm-hmm. Um and it's uh, kind of a public health uh, company that does some standardization on water filters. Um, and you can go to their list of water filters, look for the one that you want to buy, and see if it is on there as being a quality uh, filter and exactly which chemicals it filters out. And you'll be surprised. For example, um, the Sears brand of water filters are all NSF certified. So you don't have to break the bank on a water filter either. Very good to know. Okay. Last question for you before I let you go. There's a lot of hype here in San Diego about radiation, you know, coming from from Japan and everything. What's your what's your take on that? Well, I think that uh my take is that yes, it is a lot of hype and I and I definitely uh, don't want people on the West Coast to uh, get in fear uh, about it and start to take potassium iodine pills uh, because um, what potassium iodine does is it displaces radioactive iodine from the thyroid gland. The way you're exposed to radioactive iodine is being really close to radiation. So here on the West Coast, we're not going to be exposed to the amount of radioactive iodine that would land in the thyroid gland. Um, so I don't think anybody on the West Coast needs to take potassium iodine pills. Let's just start there. Um, okay. So that being said, radiation has other uh, issues, uh, such as plutonium, uranium, cesium. So these are some heavy metals uh, that could end up in the water and the soil over in Japan. I think that it would be minuscule amounts that end up in the West Coast. I think our biggest concern is importing products at this point from Japan that have radiation contamination. Um, um, And I know that they're using little Geiger counters to detect the radiation. However, it's more of these metals that are the uranium, the cesium, the plutonium that can end up in the water and the soil and, for example, produce that comes from Japan, uh, that how well are they testing for that, for those? That's what I'm more concerned about. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks Thanks for addressing that. Um, awesome interview, Dr. Marchese. I'm so glad you came on the show. Is there anything else you want to leave with our listeners before I let you go? Um, I think that, again, it's just important to educate yourself about how we're ex- exposed at low doses to chemicals um, because knowledge is power, not get in fear about it, uh, just make some healthy lifestyle uh, choices with food, air, water, products at home, and then do an eight-week uh, detoxification plan once to twice a year to help kind of dump that body burden of what we've been exposed to. Sounds good to me. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, and I will see you in uh, Minneapolis soon. Yeah, sounds good. I'll see you next week. (laughs) 
Okay, take care. Okay, take care. Bye. That is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. That was Dr. Marion Marchese. I loved that show. That was definitely one of my favorites, for sure. A lot of really good information. I'll have to go back and listen to that. I got a lot out of that. Um, if you didn't hear her website, it's drmarchese.com. It's D-R-M-A-R-C-H-E-S-E.com. Her book is available in two weeks. It sounds like it's going to be an awesome one. I haven't been able to read it yet, but I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, EightWeeksToWomensWellness.com. It's eight, the number eight, WeeksToWomensWellness.com. You can pre-order it and have it in just two weeks. Um, Next week, I will take the week off. I'm going to be at a medical conference. Um, But the following week, Dr. Lise Alshuler will be on. We'll be talking about um, cancer naturally. Um, And the week after, after that, I don't have anyone scheduled, but I'm hoping to get Dr. Thomas O'Brien to talk about gluten sensitivity. And then the following week, we'll have Julia Ross to talk about the diet cure and the mood cure. So we have an awesome lineup coming up. Thanks again for the, um, you know, all the support I've been getting. And thanks for the callers, Chuck and Kim and Steven. And the last caller, I didn't get her name, but thanks for the questions. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'm out, guys. Have a fabulous week. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.